The Euroallegiance podcast is brought to you in part by the generosity of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com forward slash the Euroallegiance podcast for bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, merchandise and more. Now, let's get to this week's show. Dinosaurs, dinosaur soldiers, it's just perfect for me. Um, and the aesthetics are close enough to mythics that they'll fit in. Yeah, um, yeah, so definitely. I've, I've gone all in. Um, I fully intend getting the Albino one as well because that's great. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, if, and if it hits 200,000, I'm all over the C one. Yeah, that, 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 that was a nice surprise. That. Yeah. yeah. And Mal, what have you gone for armies? All in. Yeah, all in. Um, and I've added, uh, I, I noticed that. Matt had um, made a comment about if you put your, you can just pledge money. So what you can do oh, to yeah, yeah. get to the target, pledge the money, and then change that money to be the the item. So I've done that to try and help it get up. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember that from this one of the Mythic Legions Kickstarters. I guess the second one because it wasn't in the first one. Right. Where yeah, every time there was something unlocked, you could add the thirty whatever dollars it was yeah move it across so you'd always see a big jump once there was a reveal so yeah I'm, good, yeah, yeah I'm, i've done that as well to try and help push it yeah i need that would, he's done well so far 50 percent day that's one fantastic i think that's, that's, great, a, isn't it? Yeah. that's good yeah yeah for definitely for what it is Cause, yeah because it's it's relative i was gonna say it's relatively niche isn't it compared to like chris garrich is you know Kickstarter that had the religion element, so it wasn't as niche. Whereas this is like dinosaur soldiers. Yeah, so although a surprising amount of people seem to be into dinosaurs, I've noticed over my time in in the collecting community, there seems to be a lot of dino fans. Maybe coming from Jurassic Park, as you say, though they they also the way they look and they that chunkiness and and kind of tweaks that uh, mythics. Um, does, yeah. Button as well, which is they, yeah, which is part of why I like them. They've captured my imagination a bit. So, it's not a cheap buy-in because it's like sixty. What, I don't know, sixty-five minimum yeah, to get yeah. a figure. If you do it through so, the Kickstarter, yeah, yeah. So that's where I say they've done well because I think you have to come if you're committed. You know, it's not like you could just throw in twenty, yeah, uh, for like a basic figure and see how it goes what from there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great. So hopefully we, we we should say if anyone's come into this, we are talking about Armies of Ashmore, um, yes, Rodriguez's yeah. uh, new thing that's launched on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's what's hot, you know. Everyone yeah. should know what's hot. Go and back it. Go and back it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's like a jigsaw. You figure out what we're talking to talking <laughs> <laughs> from the from the breadcrumb trails. Yeah. So so I backed one figure, um, the uh, the green Triceratops, which I subsequently found out is. Uh, Named in honour of one of my favourite Swedes, Thomas yes. Rydberg. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool. So, um, that's very cool. Um, yeah, I, I had no idea that, that was named after him, but that, that's yeah. a really good, that's really good thing. Yeah. It's like you know, just gives it a bit extra element, doesn't it? it Did does you notice indeed. 
one of them's called Vasapo as well. Do you think that's got ah, to be named that's got to be Vasapo. Oh, yeah. Ah, okay. Okay, now yeah. I need to go through them all. And, uh... Yeah, the red uh, stegosaurus. <laughs> I'm always afraid to... I know what a Triceratops is and after that, and maybe T-Rex, and after that I'm very afraid to, to say in public <laughs> the name of a dinosaur. Firstly, because my eight-year-old son will correct me. And secondly, because I'm really clueless when it comes to dinosaurs. As a kid, I used to be massively into dinosaurs. Um, That's cool. Yeah, they massively. are. They are cool. Yeah. Yeah, they had um, a park. Free. A park by, well, a half an hour drive from me, which in those days, as the roads weren't as good as they are now, show my age. That was that was quite the trip. Um, and they had Dinosaur World. So these really, you know, these really big, poly, you know, uh, cast dinosaur yes. things, sort of, yeah. you know, which nowadays wouldn't hold muster at all. But in those days, it was great. And I used to love that. That was my... My favourite outing as a child. It was just brilliant. We always buy a toy at the shop and everything. Yeah. And then it closed one day when I was an adult. I was very sad. Even <laughs> as an adult, it was like, come on. <laughs> so we got to episode eight, guys, of Ooh. the Euroallegiance podcast. We're almost at double figures. And I think I'm safely going to say we're going to make that unless uh, you just jinxed we it all now. get hit by lightning. <laughs> This is the thing, isn't it? Because we enjoy doing this, it's like, you know, I always say, if I win the lottery, that's work done. With this, I carry on. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. enjoy it. I'll happily carry on. Yeah. I might be doing it from a beach somewhere, but I'll happily carry on. Yeah, that's exactly, it. yeah. If yeah, I win the lottery, we'll be doing it in style <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we can just a helicopter somewhere every 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 week. That's it. Get a little table and a rooftop restaurant and stick a microphone in the middle of it. Sounds good. Uh, I think we'd be more in a bar, wouldn't we? Somewhere in the corner. Perhaps our table. own bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perhaps <laughs> our own bar, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've just spotted another one of the army of Ashmores that's named after somebody too. Um, oh, which is? The Ankylosaurus is called Kuzo, which I'm presuming is Bill Mancuso. Oh, oh brilliant. Because yeah, I think I think I seem to remember Matt saying that Bill had done the painting for the the right. uh, the ones he had on display sort of thing. So yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's nice cool. little Easter eggs in there. There is, there is, there is. So tonight we're going to talk about the lore of Mythic Legions. Yeah, it was news to me how much lore there is. I mean, I know there's the bios, but you you don't uh, you don't really realize how much uh, is in all the bios when you put them all together. Done a lot of reading in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, which is what I did. I went on Source Horseman and and copy pasted them all into a document, and uh, that got to twenty five pages. Yes, with just thank bios and there's one maybe one article from the website. Thank you for doing that, John. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, John. Although I'll, I'll say now, I only made it to page eighteen. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I ran out of time, so I've got okay. lots of questions up to the end of Elithia's brood faction, and then yeah, past that, you know, you don't care about anything yeah, after yeah, that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an incredible amount of stuff, and still a lot of gaps, which of course will be filled in over time. I'm sure. Yes. And I think there's a, a, a fun amount of reading between the lines you can do to guess, hint at where things might go. So Yeah, that is, is a lot of fun, which we'll try and uh, capture Touch. in our little conversation here. Um, definitely think that uh, I've learned a lot over the last day or two. Which can be an expensive hobby because when you when you read more about the stuff, what happens? You go, ooh, <laughs> yeah, I want one that's... one more of them, or exactly, or or when you podcast with people and they discuss Rhaegar being their uh, <laughs> favorite figure, and then all of a sudden I've got one on the way. I was like, God damn it! 
advice to influence the influencer, Rich. It sounds like you've been doing the same for a lot of other people. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. You, you've definitely been a, a positive influence in the community, but uh, yeah, expensive if, if we listen to you too much, <laughs> which is what's happening. But uh, we go with the flow here. So we thought after speaking about the factions, and uh, I think that was a good uh, in on the figures themselves, especially. I'm talking about the figures and uh, a little bit of the lore, I suppose, as we went along, uh, that we should follow that up with the lore. And then we've got a really good basis for if anyone wants to hop into our podcast, uh, if they come in new to the line, they go back to these episodes and they can really get a good feel for what this line is about. Uh, and I think uh, when Jeremy and uh, Eric Treadway uh, released the book, through the studio, I suppose, uh, where it will go into more detail. I think we might have some more of these type of episodes. And, of course, Malcolm's favourite, Cosmic Legions, where he'll be doing the copy-pasting because he loves it. <laughs> that's right. That'll only be like 10 pages or something. <laughs> and that's the episode where I'll have to fade Malcolm out at the end, <laughs> after the credits. I am very excited about Cosmics. Um, yeah, excited. no, it's good. Uh and it, uh, just a, it, always something new to get your teeth into is what uh, is what I like. But uh, yeah, the space aspect. I'm watching Mandalorian. I'm catching up on it at the moment. And uh, yeah, I was just thinking about Cosmic Legions when I was watching it. So yeah, there's a good uh, crossover there. Yeah. Not, the, the not specific, vibe. but just the feeling, you know? Yeah. The Cosmic vibe is brilliant. I mean, when we go to Legions Con later in the year, they're going to have the next Cosmic wave. On oh, display. yeah. They'll launch, they'll launch the next big one before Legion's Con. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to see that in person, which would be awesome as well. Sure will. Well, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what customs people do for Cosmic yes. as well. That's so exciting to me to see. Yeah, that yeah. will really start to take off once uh, they're in hand. Yes. Know. I'm looking forward. My wallet is trembling. Yes, I, you, you definitely... I might have to no. try and resist a little bit with the Cosmic Customs and... Yeah. I, I think, well, I think another place you've influenced me, and John said it, I think, earlier on when we were doing this, you, you know, uh, it, I think you've influenced me to think, previously I was a bit of the mind of, well, part of the custom thing is having my own personal custom. I did buy one last year because I thought it was so cool, um, a dwarf off He-Mike. Um, but I think this year I will probably buy a couple of customs done by other people. I mean, I mean they way better than I can do most of them but uh, you know it felt more of a personal thing but uh, yeah you've definitely got me uh, wanting to buy other people's stuff too <laughs> we, we chatted didn't we it's like, it's like an art collection you know there's a couple of people yeah. I targeted specifically last year not in a stalking way despite how that sounds <laughs> but the second I got into the, the Legion's Con Hall I was straight over there and I've already got a list this year of like right if Rich Kais is back I'm not sure if he is going to be, but if he is, 100% going there. Uh, Giovanni Bly again, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I've got my little list growing. Oh, you opened my eyes anyway. I was I was completely like a newbie compared to your focus. It was amazing from that side of it. So follow Rich if you're at Legion's Con. You, you, you're generally... <laughs> Trip him over, though, so you get to the table before table him. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the good-looking guy in a nightclub, you know, he's just following his coattails and you never know how lucky you might get. <laughs> anyway, um, so the lore of uh, Mythic Legions, 
And I think we start in Mythos. That's where Mythic Legions takes place. And uh, we start with these uh, primordial gods and goddesses in a peaceful kingdom. And uh, if you're like me, you didn't know exactly what primordial meant. It means from the beginning of time. So kind of implied, but also nice to have it there. Uh, and there was two, a god and a goddess, Helios and Selene. And to me, I don't know about you guys, this sounds a bit like Adam and Eve so far. Would we would we go there? Yeah, it's that sort yeah, of vibe, definitely. isn't it? They obviously were bored in the Peaceful Kingdom, so they, they, they had loads of children. And uh, what happens then? Um, Helios gets jealous because uh, Selene is uh, too into her children. And uh, Helios decides to create these unnatural abominations. We don't know how, I think. Does anyone have an idea how or... No, no, they don't recover that, do they? No, that might come, obviously, in more detail, but uh, we can assume there's some sort of uh, magic. I, I guess he wasn't in the lab back then um, to get rid of these kids, which is really uh, this is when it really turns uh, menacing here straight away. It's Most like, people uh, just leave them in a supermarket. It's uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a story behind that. But. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, <laughs> supermarket, driveway, swimming baths. <laughs> oh, poor man. Um, yeah, so th but that is, uh, yeah, that is uh, pretty extreme. Um, and it's really what starts all the trouble off. Um, you know, he just does that just to get the attention of his, uh, of his missus. I mean, I've, I don't know. Not about you, but I have better ideas. You know, maybe make her a nice cup. Maybe make her a nice cup of tea, or you know, cup of coffee in the summer on a hot summer evening. Maybe make her a nice gin and tonic or a cocktail or something. You know, make sure the kids are in bed. Make a bit of dinner. Done. No problem happening then. No. Yeah, he he definitely went the extreme route, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And of course, what happens then? Can I? Can I? Can I pitch in with the first question, actually? Well, uh, John, rather, just to interrupt your flow straight away. That's um, cool. So they were talking about all their children. And my question, I think, came into my head straight was, are the great beasts their children? Because it talks about man and women being on Earth. But then yeah, I'm presuming they, have, they didn't have point. a few million human children. So is it, are the great beasts somehow their children? Could well be, yeah. I mean, if he's able to create these unnatural abominations... Surely when they're making children, they could yeah, make these great beasts that, 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 that we will get onto. But yeah, that is a good point because it doesn't actually say um, specifically if he managed to get the attention of Celine back by uh, creating these abominations because what happens is they basically destroyed the place pretty much worse than a student frat house after a house party. Yeah. <laughs> The mythos equivalent of your uh, your what is it? What do they say in America? Your 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 freshers first night party. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all sorts of monsters, creatures, etc., which is cool, and all, and we kind of know them the best. The best four, I guess, to come out of that. 
are our big four. I thought that was interesting. We only know of four of them, so potentially yes. there's more. So we've got, you know, okay, it works quite nicely because they can match them with the horsemen. But four horsemen of the apocalypse, obviously, is kind of what they're loosely based on. Yeah. But um, it means there's others if they want to go that route and bring some of them in. Yeah, it's very Absolutely. clever, that, isn't it? They've, yeah. they've left it nice and open for themselves, so... The four bands. with the four horses is beautifully square for a for a toy line. Yes. But this little window of opening is also beautiful for the toy line when you get that far. Yes. Yeah, so we get Arathir, Necronominus, Elithia, and Poxus, just in case you haven't been paying attention so far to episodes one to seven. I think we've mentioned them a few times. Um and then this is where we come on to your great beasts, Richard. Yes, so have... the four great beasts uh, rise. Yes, exactly. Uh, to take them on. Exactly. So we've got the lion warrior, and that's uh, Leodiceus. The winged serpent, that's Basilia. The crowned eagle, that's Aetheron. Could have done without him, but we'll take him. <laughs> And the ivory stag, which is uh, Xylona. And then there was wars for decades. And eventually they banished the Dark Four. So that's the kind of helicopter view of what happened in the past. Which, if you then look at the toy line, is kind of what has been released up until Arathir was released if it, it feels like that's what's meant to have sort of gone absolutely yeah. Thing, isn't it? yeah i guess that of the beasts we've only got two so far which is etheron and xylona etheron very very early and and very difficult to get xylona was available for a long time uh, the other two the winged serpent which uh i think might be down along your line of lizard men, snake men, rich. Oh, good. This is where it could get interesting for you there. And the lion warrior, we'll, we'll always take a, a lion-y type beast. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's it's weird, the, 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 the four beasts. I think they should probably do... I mean, they've said they're going to do another Aetheron at some point, which makes sense, because the other one, although it's a great figure, does have problems standing up, as all the birds do. Um, and it's super rare. I would imagine that they're going to release Silona in version two as well, just because it's it's a really basic figure. I mean, it's a lovely figure, but it's it's quite basic. It hasn't got any of the thrills you do and fr frills rather that you'd expect yeah. from a faction, you know, a faction god. Well, realistically, you think about it, they they they're going to redo the leaders of each group, which we'll get on to talking about this later. But they'll redo the leaders of each group. You've got to then the beasts have almost got to trump them, haven't they, in terms of how they look. Um, but I think, yeah, that's something we can talk about, I think, when we talk about the way that what's going to be released and how it's going to present itself in the future, um, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have my own theory on this uh, with regards to the releases, but maybe I'll, I'll drop it in uh, when we get a bit further in the story. Um, so what's interesting here i think uh as well is that each of the leaders of the evil and the good 
groups. So the your eight factions that aren't that are kind of now factions in in the line, um, not counting the two splinter factions. So each one of them has a special weapon, which kind of matches off, and which will which kind of is also built into the story further down the line. So you have Arith here with the Ather Blade, and this is where we have our uh, War of the Ather Blade uh, video game coming. Um, we have Necronominus with the God Razor, which is that uh, really cool Crit scythe that's coming with uh, Necronominus. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, we have Elithia with the Soul Spiller, so that's the kind of scales uh, kind of uh, uh, weapon that she has. And, and Poxus with the Plague Sayer bow. And I love that this shoots off these kind of uh, um, uh, flies and stuff. And uh, David Williams did a great uh, drawing that Emil coloured uh, yes. of Poxus. If you want to see uh, maybe an image of that and how it would look. I think I described them as an artist super team or something like yeah, that. The pair yeah. of them together. <laughs> so good. I wish I had. I wish I had. Uh, uh, half uh, the talent of a little baby toe worth of their talent yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not um, into the translucent plastic stuff like Mal is but those bugs that are coming off the bow mm. oh my goodness <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a little uh, in the line. it's just, just a little so clever yeah it's amazing um, and then we have the four good weapons so that's the Leodysseus hammer it's the staff of Basilia it's uh, Etheron with the Heaven's Brand sword. Or it's, it's the Serpent's Bar staff, sorry for Basilia. And uh, it's the Silver Cord bow for Xylona. And I think if you if you know anything about the line, you'll, you'll already hear that those weapons sound familiar um, to the four leaders of the four good factions. And uh, that's another interesting part of the story where they don't take their house name forward or their name of their uh, their surname that we would traditionally have today. They actually take the name of the weapon as their last name. So then we have the yeah, Attila Leaser, Hera Serpentspar, Gideon Heavensbrand and Artemis Silvercord as the four leaders. I've never picked up on that before. That's actually really cool. There you go. So <laughs> learned something already, Richard. Yeah. And I really hope our listeners are, are learning. I'm trying to take this uh, kind of slowly so that so that it sinks in because I think that we could we could really go down into the nitty gritty. But I think if we have the helicopter view, the nitty gritty will uh, will be more interesting. Yes, uh, because you'll always be able to tie it back. Um, yeah. So so that brings us to the present day, and that's where. Uh, it says that man is the one that remains, which is why we don't have the four great beasts. And this is where I'll come back to my theory on the releases. We don't have the four great beasts because they don't exist in the present day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why we don't have them yet. Now, the story might advance that they, they somehow come back, which we can get onto later, but that uh, Amal is nodding there. That might sound... Uh, I think pretty that, cool to me yeah, and, and I think to that. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's why in the story it makes sense that we're getting the Dark Four back because they are coming back and that's coming part of the story. We're not getting the Dark Four from 
the history that we've just talked about. We're getting the present day uh, Dark Four that are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we come to these shadow kingdoms within Mythos. So there's the Mythos is kind of divided into four, and it's kind of four uh equal parts of the of the map of mythos basically where where the four good factions reside uh, and they come together at this castle in the middle uh, and then you have these four shadow kingdoms which uh i didn't really uh know much about until i read about them today or the last days um there's arathorn uh which is arathir um the deadlands which i think we can uh safely say is Necronominus. Uh, the Nether Gate, which is Poxus, but that's actually just a gate uh, into a, a realm of Ophidion, which is where they actually reside. And the White Spine, which is where Rich is hanging out with all his buddies in Alithia's <laughs> Brood. It's the best name as well for all of Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> good, isn't it? The yeah. Bloodless Throne. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So then... If we think back to, to the releases and, and they start to, you know, you start to see that they had a plan back in the day and vision. And uh, it, it, the longer the line goes on, it's really it's really coming together. And I think with the, with the more people they have on board now and the more focus they, they have for, for this kind of stuff, it's getting even better. But they had this line, uh, this, this uh, way very early in the line called the Covenant of Shadow. And this was where this was supposed to rep- represent a meeting of uh, the four evil factions. And I couldn't really find, doing my research, I don't know about you guys, the what actually really happens at that uh, meeting, other than they agree that they're going to work together to, to take down the, the good guys. Maybe it's where they agree to bring back the Dark Four or try to bring back the Dark Four. Uh, or maybe it's just a, like a pact that they're, you know, we get rid of these good guys and then all bets are off, you know? Yeah, or maybe it's where they realised that they were just trying to sort of figure out what the others are up to. And then they, when they were there, they all suddenly realised, oh, crap, they're all close to bringing them back. Right, let's work together then. Oh, for sure, there was definitely politics involved yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, I'm sure it was uh, it was even worse than a Conservative Party conference. Well, it, when you read Scaffold, scaffold's bio it's like he was sent as like the suicide bomber wasn't he so it was like yeah go and represent us but if it goes wrong just blow yourself up yeah exactly uh, and who else you had uh Hittorian was the representative from poxus he's a magic user magic minotaur which uh you guys aren't really a fan of you should be more the muscle i think you've said in the past yeah but uh i think the magic might be useful there as well uh for um yeah you know if, if some certain things go down um who else did we have there we had Gorthok from Marathir Shadowwalk and then we had Baron Volliger didn't we from Baron Volliger yeah yeah so yeah a good little collection there what do you think uh, of the the scene setting there i mean is that is that what you expected when you went back to to look through all this or you know how much had, had you known about this already as i've said to you before i, I know nothing i've learned a lot and read a lot 
in this last couple of days because it's not been it's not been my main draw to the line by any means. Um, some really interesting stuff in there. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Um, yeah, no, same, yeah. same, Mal. I've learned so much. I mean, I knew the, the basics about Helios and Celine and, and all that sort of stuff. But then hearing that actually there were more, you know, the, the four dark gods are the really bad ones. But then there's, count, as Mal said, there's countless other ones. So, yeah, missing stuff like that. I'm also impressed about how much lore they can get in just with very short bios. Yeah, that was interesting for me as well. It's, you know, because the, these are pretty short bios, yeah, that, you know, it really does flesh things out quite well. Yeah, I also. I also got uh, you know a couple of the of the Powercon bios, Powercon uh, uh, debut figure bios, where they say they're not really a main part of the story, but some of them had good chunks of the story in there. Yeah, well, again, something we'll touch on a bit more later, but uh, there's a couple of kingdoms up there in the north that get an awful lot of mentions throughout the law, uh, throughout the bios. So, if we look at the leadership roles within um the various groups here um there's a lot of powerful women there in these groups that's that's another thing that i i mean i knew of course i know the figures and i have the figures but you don't realize how many when you when you read it all together how many of these uh, uh women are actually either leading a faction in themselves or leading the main army within the faction or, or something like that. Uh, in Leodysseus, Hadriana is the, leading the army, so Magnus is her right-hand man. I think traditionally we would have seen that the other way, maybe. Absolutely, and in her bio, I think they say that she's revered by the troops, so it's not it's not just a case of, you know, she's a, a figurehead or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's really, you know, she is the boss. Yeah, I don't think they're woke in Mythos. I think this is just uh, how it is, you know. <laughs> um, Queen Urxa is the orc leader. So again, she must have a huge level of respect to, to, to control those uh, those folks in, in the orcs, because they're not I'm, easy. No, I'm presuming she's a hell of a fighter too, because this was Ooh. one that really surprised... I mean, obviously I knew about it already, but when you're thinking about it in more detail, this is the one that really surprised me, because it's like, you know, the orcs are brutes, they're strong, the blah, 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 you know, absolute lunatics, live for violence, and yet they've got a queen rather than a king. Um, so she clearly knows how to control them, and is clearly respected by them. But one of the bios that hints at uh, trouble in paradise, <laughs> he says in question mark for Arathea there could be conflict further conflict further down the line and creation of new factions within existing factions because um, she it talks about her wanting to um, assembling her own legion bent on reclaiming command of its own destiny yeah yeah absolutely yeah but again it's her in the powerful role it's not, yes. not oh, yes. that, sure, you know sure. one of one of her generals steps up and does that or anything it's like yeah. no, He's doing this. Well, it's claiming even more power, if anything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, then we had Morgulit. Uh, so she's the leader of uh, the congregation of Necronominus, uh, in the absence of Necronominus, of course, himself. I, I don't know about you two, but in my head, when I was reading the bios again, it came across that Morgulith's like the older sister, and Malleus and Brother Mandibulus, like the two little brothers that just won't do as they're told or won't listen. <laughs> So it's, you know, like, 
Brother Mandibulus loves the fighting side of things. Malleus is the sort of more pious, if yeah. you get a pious, deadly skeleton. Um, and then Morgan's like, oh, for Christ's sakes, fine, I'll be in charge. You two <laughs> yeah. just get on with whatever you want. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, looking after the skeletons. Then we have Artemis Silvercord. She's the tree-hugging hippie leader for you, Rich. <laughs> Not really much to, to, to protect them against your vampires, but... Uh, She's there, and she's up against another female in Lucretia, in the Alithia's Brood. So, um, yeah, there, there's two, again, two super strong women in two, uh, you know, really powerful factions. Well, and there you go, the head of the vampires is, is female Alithia. And she's, yeah, yeah, that was the other one, uh, of course, the, the Alithia herself. And then... In the convocation of Basilia, we have Hera Serpent Spire again with the Serpent Spire uh, staff. So she's the, the leader there. Which, when we were talking about the factions, remember I was going on about Balam, and uh, I just said he's my leader kind of in my, in my setup. And uh, through reading all the lore here now, I realized that she's actually the faction leader, and it kind of makes sense uh, given how much stuff she has and of course that she has the the weapon um yeah. but does I, I don't think there's anything wrong with those picking different people to lead though. i mean i have no. to admit i completely forgot morgolith was the leader i've had malleus sat on my yeah skeleton throne oh. for the last two years oh again this is uh this is uh this is the story but uh you know given we all have our own imaginations and we all have our own custom shelves for example uh Rich, especially you, one or two. Um, one or two. <laughs> we we have our own little lore, but uh, but I think that uh, f- for most people this would be the basis, and then of course you can switch it up, uh, and of course they can switch it up. You know, they introduce new characters. Some new characters can maybe replace older characters. Characters can die, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending. Um, there's also many other powerful women throughout the. The lore. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Juno the Crusher, Lady Averona. So they're a powerful family uh, that have kind of turned to the dark side, um, and they're just out for themselves as a family. Uh, and she is basically their, uh, you know, their assassin or their killer. You know, their torturer. Yeah. Um, She's the one. Freya. She. It says about her leading her own. Oh, yeah. Her bio is incredible. Yeah, I've got to say, that's become one of my favourite bios. She's believed to command an army of unstoppable warriors with similar abilities to her own. And it's talking about uh, suggestions she resurrects herself, which I think is sort of a hint towards the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone that's played the game God of War yeah. <laughs> will have nightmares about Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played it. I really need to. Oh, you should. Yeah, yeah. It's an excellent game, and there's a new one out which I haven't gone near yet because uh, I want to. Uh, I want to have time to do stuff like this <laughs> and make some and paint some customs and uh, speak to my family. Um, that last bit's overrated, eh? Ah, <laughs> uh, depends if they're listening. <laughs> 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 
Uh, and then we have some a lot of interfaction conflict. Um, I mean, Atlas and Attila. Um, I mean, interfaction, we say, but I mean, of course, they were part of the one faction at some stage. Uh, and then obviously Attila, or sorry, Atlas went off to make a splinter faction for himself. Um, we have uh, also a hint at uh, some conflict between Belfagor and Gorgo Aetherblade. Now, I'd like to see that fight. Because yes. uh, oh, Gor- be amazing. because Belfagor has basically inserted himself as as kind of uh, the right hand man of Arathir after Arathir's return, um, so that's uh, interesting. Yeah. In my in my head, there's I got an image of um, them all coming through this portal, and Gorgo's like, "Boss, you're back. Here I am. I'm in charge." And he's like, "Who's that stood next to you? Who the heck is he?" And it's just like you know, there's instantly a rivalry there and a jealousy. Yeah, and then we have, uh, so within Arathir, uh, obviously the goblins and the cavern dwarves uh, led by King Bromden, they they generally don't get along, but they've agreed a pact. Again, a bit like the Covenant of Shadow, I suppose, but within their faction, they're going to they're gonna work together until uh, they win, and then they'll see. Um, another interesting little... Uh, Nugget was both our Shadowhorn with an Arator as well, is a cousin of Thord Arnjaw in the House of the Noble Bear, and they absolutely hate each other. So um, that's another nice little wrinkle. There's a two-pack Jew there at some point, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Updated sculpts of that and just trying to kill each other. Exactly, yeah. I I, I, I would love to see the, the, the Dwarf fans uh, rejoice when we get that two-pack. Maybe that's the day two Legion Con. Oh, maybe it is. You heard it here first, guys, if it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which Jeremy is probably revealing on the same night we were recording yeah, yeah. this. So, <laughs> so it's going to look uh, stale. But anyway, we'll move along. And and then I think sticking with the conflict uh, or potential conflict topic, we have uh, a lot of family dynamics within the factions, which is uh, really interesting. The vampires, Rich. Yeah. You got Lucretia, Baron Bolligar. I think the really the really interesting vampire conflict for me, it's not a family one, but just yeah. going back a step, is um, Lord Dragul. Now, I know not canon, as it were, but he's raising an army of, was it malcontents or... Yeah, brigands th- brig- brig- and cutthroats. Brigands and cutthroats, yeah. yeah. So he, he's after the throne. So that's... That's a huge interfaction rivalry. And I'd love to see that, you know, come to the fore a bit more with new figures and that sort of thing. Yeah, he was one of the ones that I was saying, yeah, for a power con, he seems quite significant. Well, and, and again, he's one where they talk about, well, there's the two power con tributes, him and Darina, that seem to be intertwined, obviously, because it's Horde and she not Horde and not she Um but then they mention those kingdoms are to the north, where Freya comes from, and it's not the only time it's mentioned. And you start going, "Hmm, there's two tap, un- there's untapped potential in up there in the north." And, and that's a very big part of the map too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have all sorts up there. Well, Ilgar was from up there as well, um, and it talks about him being one of many powerful warriors from up there. So. 
got me quite intrigued at the, that Viking faction that John mentioned did uh, quite like is uh, sat up there somewhere possibly. <laughs> That's another thing they could do with the factions is, you know, as, as you know, maybe once the Dark Four are there, the battle happens obviously within the lore and then um, obviously some side wins and the other side uh, maybe splinters off into a load of different new factions with obviously new characters and even the winners, especially if it's the bad guys, they're probably not going to stick together anymore, are they? Like we've spoken about. I'd argue even when, like, say, I think we're getting to the point where the idea is that once the the Dark Four are all released, we're at a point where they've, they're dominating the landscape and dominating, I don't know, that's how it feels, that's where we're going. There's going to be a lot of internal conflict within them anyway and within the heroic factions that feel that they're, you know, you're not doing your bit, we need more from you, and that it could happen then, even, so... That's for sure. Then other family dynamics, we have uh, the Heavens brand within the Order of Aetheron. We have Gwendolyn and Gideon. So that's another uh, interesting dynamic there. They seem to be getting on, but who knows, you know, with the, the dodgy history of the Order of Aetheron, yeah, who knows they're so uh... They're so pious and, and everything is perfect. Of course they're getting on. Well, I mean... Um slight detour off that but um it's a lot of talk of ancient families um but not all of the characters are given a surname so i wonder if there could be relationships there that haven't been revealed yet um definitely so potential for that yeah because mm. uh, i want to say magnus is uh he's from an ancient family but we only know him as magnus so what's that ancient families from? Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe he just he just didn't get a weapon for his surname, so <laughs> he could be from that. Or could he be? Could he be a member of the Averona family that Ooh, left maybe. early? Oh, <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> but in his bio, it says that he's unhappy at the, or seems unhappy at the recognition or lack thereof. That the red shield are getting so that's potential you know yeah, conflict and, and friction there as well isn't it it's just like well hang on a minute we're defending everybody but we're not getting all the credit it's attila well and then um who was it was it cassia no one i can't remember who it was now but one of the uh, leaders of or was the leader of the red shield and she's now off Fight, finding evil on her own it sort of read like I forget who that was now it's one of the the, the female associated yeah. I didn't get to that point but I think that might be her yeah yeah yeah. I've got a note Cassia defected from the ar- armies of Leodice Leodiceus sorry In the wilds of Bjorngard that was another thing yeah she's the yeah it's exactly her that you're talking about there yeah. Um, that was another battle that they didn't really go into detail on in the lore is the siege at Bjorngar, which was a, a wave of figures. Uh, the first uh, ogre scale figures. There was a battle there, um, but that doesn't really say what or why or what happened. So, No, it was a handy filler thing, wasn't it? That I think so yeah. just get a few figures out, introduce the ogres before they then moved on to the big. So I hope that's expanded on. I think that would be interesting. 
And again, it's up the north. It's a quite a large part, on the, a good-sized part of the map, so there's potential for all sorts of stuff around that. One cool thing about the Red Shield as well is that they um, they have their name because uh, of the bloody symbols which soldiers marked on their shields during battle. Uh, and then the the Red Shield has been resurrected now as an elite fighting force within the army of Leodiceus um, because of the return of Arathir. So that's a, that's a cool uh, background to their name. Just talking about the family conflict and the potential conflict, obviously Attila gets his place as leader of that faction by overthrowing, overthrowing, we don't really know, we go what's ha- what exactly happened but he ousted atlas in some way and it also hints that uh otho otho is not was not particularly happy with the departure of atlas yeah so could 2.0 otho be him joining the house of the noble bear oh and if we get them in there as the g-con wave you heard here first if we do <laughs> malcolm We'll have a drink at the bar for that one. <laughs> Get Jeremy to buy me one if yeah. that happens. Can I, can, I just, can I just say, if it is Otho in, in a two-pack, I think the other one will be Herzog. Just chucking it out there. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Although with the with the amount of green orcs now, I wonder if that would be a popular... Yes, that is the one drawback, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but I think with the family stuff, there's just so much scope for tension and betrayal i mean every soap opera you've ever seen every political drama you know you you can't choose who's in your family can you so that always creates the tension there's loads of scope isn't there for the cousin that nobody speaks to who actually turns out to be a psycho (laughs) and tries to take things over or you know yeah drunk uncle who you thought was a baddie actually (laughs) is quite a nice guy and comes to save people or you know whatever Exactly. So I mentioned uh, previously, we have this castle right in the middle of the map. Um, and it's called the Castle of the Four Sides. And it's a very cool concept. Um, where on each side of this four sided castle, they have the different uh, symbol for the faction, the good factions, obviously. Um, so the lion, the serpent, the eagle, and uh, what's the last one? The deer. The deer, yeah, the xylona, yeah, the hippies. Yeah, so, and Nate Barch has done a lot of cool art for this. I think we've seen it in a few of his drawings. Um, what do we think of this uh, concept? I think it's a great idea. Um it's such a cool concept, you know, it's, it's right in the middle of, of uh, mythos. It's, you know, it's where all the, the various states combine and that sort of thing. And it's, it's just really clever. And it's, um, it's a bit like mythic, uh, not mythic, a bit like Castle Grayskull in so much as it's just a real focal point. It's like, you know, everybody who's vaguely interested in it will recognize that. So I'm really hoping we get a play set at some point. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a, a neutral territory for all the even the good guys feel they need a neutral territory for them all to meet on. So where they're all on a level, um, 
that's what it feels like to me, right in the centre of uh, the kingdom. So it offers also that uh, look out across the the land to see if evil is coming. <laughs> yeah. Do do we think maybe this big battle with the Dark Four? Do we think it might uh, eventually descend on this part of the map? Feels logical. Um, the Dark Four have basically got to come from the four corners to take over each section of the land, and it makes sense that they'd work their way towards this tower. So. Yeah. I mean, so the map is. Uh... It's basically uh, one big massive land with a few bits jutting off it. And then you got in your uh, northwest, you got Leandor, which is the Leodiceus part of the map. Xylernia in the northeast, which is Xylonus uh, Flock. We got in the uh, southeast, we got Etheros. Uh, and they're facing out into this kind of island, which. Uh, Looks a bit like that. Uh, there's a dragon stone in Game of Thrones. Similar type of look on the map. That's the Deadlands. Uh, and Ophidian then is in the southwest. And that's uh, where you've got the Tower of Basilia. The Convocation of Basilia there. And there, the bottom, uh, the kind of most southern tip of their section is where the Nether Gate is. It feels very ominous, doesn't it? The Nether yeah. Gate. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got Arathorn to the west. It's this kind of piece of land, the west, and you've got those uh, various parts of Arathorn, like Gob Hollow, where the goblins are. They got the other hold, the Iron Hold. Um, you got a little piece of uh, of an island there called Mercurius, <clears throat> which I guess that's where the Mercurians hang out. Um. Greyvein oh. Mountains as well. Yeah, this Bjorngar place is up in the north west tip. Um, so, we, as we said, we need to maybe hear more about them. you got the north, like in Game of Thrones. This is called the Northlands. you got Vikingfell, which I think we're all very interested in. Especially you and me. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the northeastmost point of the map is the White Spine. Uh, home to the bloodless throne <clears throat> and Richard Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting that the vampires hang out in a frozen yeah. tundra, let's say. I don't know, it's probably not a tundra. I don't know the exact meaning of tundra. I'm guessing a big, the Northlands is more of a tundra. But I just anyway. hope it's not like uh, Sweden, the north of Sweden, where, you know, in the summer it's 24 hours daylight because that'll... Good in the winter, though. So. <laughs> well, that, that's, I mean, that's a, a, a question I had, actually, when I'm going through all the bios and that sort of stuff. It's like, are the vampires of mythos allergic to the sun? Does it impact them? Or, you know... Do we need garlic in a steak? Yeah, yeah, Eric's never addressed that. Um, but it's, it's, you've got to think, if they want to take over mythos, then they're going to have to do some fighting, surely, in the day. Well, then you get into the mechanics of what is it about the sun that causes them a problem? Because if they're wearing armour, is it going to affect them? Yep, good point, Mark. So, um, Just I, don't think, I don't think anything, any lore ever seems to get into the mechanics of why the sun's bad for vampires other than, oh, well. Maybe this is the place to start, isn't it? 
yeah, it's something to do with what's lacking from the blood, isn't it, that gives you that vampiric lust in uh, based on real life. I forget what it is exactly. I'm sure someone could tell us. <laughs> I think while we're on the vampires, I think the blood armor itself is worth uh, a chat on its own. Um, because the bio of Vorgus Romilius is really, really good. It's one of the best. <laughs> In it the is the best. <laughs> it is the best. There you go. And you heard it here. Can we talk about the uh, the reveal last week at this point then? Or... Yeah. So yeah. let's. Okay. I just just one thing I wanted to to flag up first on the on the Vorgus Familius. The character is the armor. Yeah. I think people miss this or 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 uh, you know don't maybe understand that fully. So there was this mention of this Lord uh, Edsec um, as part of the uh, bio and people thought that's the guy in the armor. No, that's the guy that discovered the armor or wore it first. Interestingly, a conversation has broke out on Facebook on the Cabal this evening about the fact that it's different, the name is different on the bio on the figure, something like Ed gar or ed something you know it's a different yeah name. but yeah. like lord edsec is dead is yes is, is what i have written yes. in my notes here yes um, the wearer gets consumed so so that means that um the blood armor is actually the you know the character what's inside it doesn't necessarily matter because it will just be somebody else the next time because you don't basically get to take it off <laughs> you just end up in a put as a puddle on the ground i love it it's such a good idea it's such a, uh, considering it was born out of the fan vote in the way it was the concept is so good <laughs> yeah it, 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 in simple terms it gives you godlike powers for a short time then you just get consumed by the armor uh, and nobody has survived it yet. And it's a kind of like, it's like one of those uh, just challenges for the vampires. It's there was there. If you want to, if you want to take over, stick on the armor, see if you survive. If you do, well, yeah, you're going to be the new boss. And I think maybe when uh, certain vampires just get uh, frustrated by their situation or, or really ambitious for power and they don't see a shortcut to power, they just go, right, this is my way to do it. I imagine it, I don't know, and I think it's based off something I saw in a film, and I can't remember what film, but sort of, they'll come, it'll sort of go to rest when it's finally used up all the power of a vampire. This is my own personal canon, you know, personal idea of it, and then, uh, you know, it, it, someone will be desperate, like you're talking about, I, I think it could be a vampire, I think it could be a random man. And uh, it'll just call out to them. You know, it's got some kind of supernatural sense of someone who need, needs it. And it calls out to them with like a whispering voice, drawing them to it. And it's like, then it's got you. <laughs> I like the fact too that it's an example of the, the evil factions working together, isn't it? Because obviously the original wearer commissioned it from Azar and Zazar. Um, and although they did the dirty on him and uh, made it so it consumed him, it's such a powerful weapon that the, the vampires have kept it and kept using it. Um, so there's that link there between the two factions still to this day. 
Yeah, those two really are uh, a pair, huh? They're a piece of work. They're a piece those of work. Two. Yeah, you can just see them that they're just kind of, I don't know, laughing behind their hands as they're kind of handing this over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine something like that, you know? Well, those two become super interesting when they be, you know, they're two parts of one person. Do they kind of not need to speak to communicate? And do they, you know, when they're talking to people, is it both of them talking at the same time? Because they're essentially one mind. (laughs) Yeah, or they're just like a husband and wife where one or the other is the real dominant (laughs) uh, uh, character. The other one just doesn't say anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. They've all met the husband or, or the wife that that says nothing, and the other one is just talking for them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it can leave the other half quite frustrated. So, so maybe there's more to that story, if they're not uh, equally within the. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that family uh, dispute? <laughs> It's the same person split in two, and then the two halves are arguing, and it's like, uh, okay, I'm arguing with myself, right? Yeah, been there. <laughs> and again, both of them are are quite interesting in that uh, one of them is, uh, is is a creator, and one of them is a destroyer. So, Azar has the gift of creating stuff, and Zazar is basically the one that destroys everything. So he's like an evil smurf, then, that's what we're saying about Zazar. Yeah. He is, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, uh, so when you put them together, then obviously they're the ultimate weapon, you know, they can create and destroy stuff, you know, or create themselves uh, something like the blood armor to then destroy uh, people. Um. Yeah, so the reveal, then, yes. uh, just, just to, to step out of the lore for a moment, I think yes. it's worthwhile. I think uh, so. We're going to talk about it anyway. So the first Legion's Con reveal. So I'll leave it. Uh, maybe, you, Malcolm, you can uh, okay. take us through what we have here. Okay, so we've got 2.0 of uh, Vorgus Vermilius. Um, uh, Jeremy Girard did say that they they this has been in you know, what would you say, an idea started to sort of be put together back in November. And, uh, of course, they have to use parts for these these Legion configs that already exist. And I think, yet again, they've done the perfect thing in that they've used... Because the original Vorgus was basically the same armour as the original Gorgo, they've done that again using the new 2.0 Gorgo armor. And I think, yeah. I mean, I, I was actually out when this was announced. And I uh, I was on the bus home and I, I saw it all. One of you put the picture up. I think it was you, Rich, wasn't it? And, Could have been, yeah. And I, and I just went, and not knowing what it was, I was like, that's Vorgus 2.0, isn't it? And you're like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, my thoughts on it. Initially, I, I've got to say I wasn't 100% sure. The more I look at it, the more I, I, I love it. There's one slash two little bits. I'm, ugh, just doesn't sit quite right with me. And the, and it's the metallic armor bits, the chain mail bits. Yeah, because they're silver. Oh, uh, yeah, I see them. 
yeah, and one of the things I really liked about the old figure was just that it was all that red colour, as if the blood had sort of seeped into the armour. Um, but I am sure by the time this turn, you know, when this shows up, and as I say, mostly I look at it and go, man, it's good. <laughs> you know, I won't mind. I mean, and then the, the it's more C. Jessam, soft goods, the cape. The cape is, is unbelievably cool. Yeah. Yes. Again, Jeremy uh, sort of talked about it being like um, the Batman cape or the Spawn cape. Spawn which, cape is what it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah, so in itself, it's almost as much of a living entity now of, of the armour as the armour itself, um, which I think is a brilliant upgrade to the character idea. Um, immediately gave me visions of him being carried across the the battlefield, the way that Spawn is carried by his cape. Yes. Um, Wonderful. Would, can you imagine if you saw that coming at you? Oh, <laughs> no, <God>. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Time to um, leave. Yeah. Um, it comes with great accessories. We've got three heads. We've got the traditional, well, not the traditional, the 2.0 Gorgo Etherblade head. We've then got a new vampire head that was... It was in Cosmic, wasn't it, first? That's it. That was it. It was revealed with the um, Operative 8. Um, and then for the Legion Con exclusive, we get... <laughs> as anyone Malcolm Kennedy this, Translucent. <laughs> this <is it. laughs> can probably guess. My favourite head. <laughs> this blood-red translucent head. Um Jeremy said in his mind, it just in his art, you know, the way he saw that, or you know, perhaps as it was created, was that it's the last vestiges of the vampire's head as the blood's drawn out. But to me, it was like, to me, it was like they take the helmet off and there's this mist of blood in the vampire shape. But yeah, it looks uh, so okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. And or he's so, just, re- or he's just really angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, I think in my head, I had it almost like it was glowing. So there's a right. picture with the light behind that made it look like yeah. that, but it was you know, it's, it's glowing because photo. yeah, it's glowing because you know the, the power is just eating away. You can almost see the flesh disappearing. With that yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, but yeah, what do yeah? I mean, what do you guys think of it? What what are your thoughts? What's yeah, your... I, I really like it. I mean, the highlights for me are the cape, um, the new uh, the new torso being used, the paint. I mean, it's it's similar, of course. Before, it's maybe there's a few more red highlights. Yes. Um, hadn't noticed the armor so far. Uh, looking at one of the pictures now, I wonder if it's a bit more purple than metallic bits, but it could, of course, just be the the reflection of the red uh, oh, sure. and the lights. Yeah. But um, I think it's a wait and see for that. I don't think that bothered me too much, uh, and I love the translucent head. And I love yeah. that photo uh, Trevor took, the really I, kind of uh, on yeah. fire one. If you're listening, it. Trevor, I think it's my favourite photo you've ever taken. Wow. I think it's incredible. <laughs> Do a print for Legion's Con. Yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely love that. Or yeah. maybe it's going to be on his calendar next year. Yeah, yeah. Or for next year. And Rich, yeah, for me, it's on this? It's, oh, 100%. Um, and I'm not particularly a translucent fan, but that head will be used it's it's fabulous i really love the new head as well just i think with the horns and everything like that, it just looks he just looks really really angry 
Uh, yeah. And I like that with head sculpts. It's yeah, just there's, like, a, there's a bit more oh. curved, pointy bits. On yeah. The helmet that kind of... And I, and I like the fact, I mean, you, you said about the red being a bit more highlighted in places. I quite like that. It's almost like it's a... It's not a power-up, because that sounds like um, Power Rangers, but it's that sort of thing. It's just like, you know, oomph, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm a century or two older now. I've, you know... I'm really almost glowing from the inside sort of thing. So I, I really like that, that extra red. And the cape is just ridiculously good. But that was one of the things Jeremy said in the concept. It was that it was, it, that's exactly what it is. It's It's gotten older and more powerful as time has gone on. And I think those reds really, really reflect that and really show that well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I will be absolutely getting one of these in Legion's Con uh, to keep, unusually for me. I'll probably get a couple of others to sell as well, but yeah, <laughs> definitely a set to keep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have they announced the price yet? I didn't see it. A price? No. No, no. no they haven't. No. He did just... suggest uh, that it'd be. I mean, as it was initially last year, a limit of fifty two per, two per person. Um, fifty dollars. Yeah. I'm guessing around the fifty dollar. I would have. I would have thought they'd probably yeah. try and tie it with what they did last year and do yeah. fifty for the single and then hundred for the two pack. And they can justify the 50 by the cape and the extra heads and all that. The cape is equivalent so to the wings. You could pay. Yeah. I would actually be worried about it being slightly, not worried, but I would, I would if, it, if it's not 50, I would worry about it being more than 50, you know, or I would think there might be 60. Well, I mean, yes, really, I mean, that cape's worth 30 odd on its own, isn't it? At least. Shh, yeah. shh, don't Sorry. tell them that. Don't yeah. tell them that. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to Eric and Jeremy, it's $45 all day long. It's never 60. <laughs> oh, could have could have been better. <laughs> $45 and a return ticket back to Europe, please. <laughs> okay, so we like it. Um, yeah, I really like this very quickly as well. I really like they changed the axe as well. So rather than yes. that big heavy bludgeon one it's the, it's the elf one which is yeah yes that's, sword, that's yeah. more of a vampire axe isn't it yeah definitely well and also they've included that uh and i'm not sure i'll use it but i quite like the colors the um spear Jab, yes call yeah it. yeah they have a name for that as well though. i can't remember what it is off the top of my head now but oh, um right. but yeah oh, the colors the i think the colors would go thing. yeah it's a pokey <laughs> stick or something like that <laughs> But those colours would work with Grisha or something like that as well. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could if you don't use that with him, you can definitely use it with other uh, characters. Right? Um, should we should we completely date this podcast and speculate on on the the two pack? Come on, it's fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll move on to the next. Okay. Uh, all all we know is that it it it's hinted that that it should be a two pack. Because yes, um, or maybe more because uh, Jeremy did say on the show the characters, didn't he? Or he did something like that. Yes, he used the plural. He did a couple of times. The set or something. The, the set or something. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. But don't mention more than two, more than two, John. People like you know faction collect builders like me will be like, oh, it's a seven pack. It's going to be a seven pack. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired by the uh, the snake men set that they've done yeah. recently in Moto. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> seven pack. Oh my god. <laughs> you see us all in the airport. We'd all be at the FedEx office on Monday morning trying to drop it off. Um okay. And then just to round off on the lore, uh, I don't know if you guys have anything more after this, but uh 
we mentioned it before, but can the great beasts return? What do we think? Matt? I think it's an absolute certainty at you some think? point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what form do they take? Are these are these kind of men like beasts or are they actually beast beasts? I'd like to, I think they'll definitely return. Um I think they'll return in sort of battle armor type stuff as well. Um and I'd love it if they were just just very different. So like uh uh Leodysus would be um like an ogre scale lion, for instance, or a brute scale lion at least. Okay, so, so not, a, that not, real not an actual not an actual like one of the horses beasts, but no, uh, not an, not an Aslan from uh, you know Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe Lion. Yeah. No, just a anthropomorphized ogre or brute scale okay. lion who's so just a kick ass. And... Okay, and then Basilia returning with her faction of uh, or his or her faction of lizard. I'm so people. excited about that. Yeah, you imagine a snake, a snake with wings. It's just going to be like oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Would you use existing wings or would you design new wings for it? I can't remember how big it is on the faction symbol because they normally try and stick quite close to that, don't they? Oh, yeah. To me, little wings would work, would look better with a, with a, yeah. a snake. So more like uh, what's on that little little guy? What's his name? Uh, Malifar. Blue guy. Malifar, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I like it. Um, and then the, the, an interesting thing I, I picked up from reading the bios was that the tuperculi they seem to be hinted at coming from that era of the great beasts yeah and that maybe some of the the resurrected bones might actually be from beasts from that era which might give us an indication of the size and scale we're looking at here which it's very cool I, yeah i mean it opens up the possibility of all kinds of weird and wonderful monsters coming back from the past doesn't it through you know probably mostly on the evil side because of they're the ones who are going to manipulate time travel and that but uh, (laughs) but it could be it could be a good chance to do some more great beasts so you know the tuperculi obviously the skeletons so they're evil now but there's no reason why they couldn't do the the original inhabitant you know of those bones sort of things and you know in an ideal world they do a wave of just larger creatures but they won't because it's too expensive um, and there'd be too many different parts, but that would be brilliant. You could do the four beasts and then a couple of other good beasts and then some of the other dark beasts. Um, you could have an incredible wave or a couple of waves. Well, I I wonder if they'll treat the return of the beasts like they've treated the dark four, though, and we'll get, you know, one of the beasts with... You know, so it'll be the inverse of what we've had. It'll be a bunch of the good guys, a few of the bad guys, and the beast as like the you know the equivalent of Arathu. I really, really hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were doing two waves a year, that'd be fine. But because it's one a year, you know, if we know the next, presuming it's going to be Noble Bear versus Sons this year, um, if we know the next four years are just going to be, you know. Arathir versus Leodysius, etc., etc. It it takes some of the excitement away. I'll be honest. I think if you sprinkle a few new factions in or oh, on that I, sort of thing, that would be. Better. I think. Yeah, I think they'll do that in the meantime. I'm not saying they'll do it like this year. It will now go to the beast. In fact, I actually don't think they'll do that. I think they'll give it a bit of time to release stuff that tells the story of this era of the Dark Four. I think. Yeah. I guess it depends how long they're they're planning to do this as well. So it's um. 
I'm sure Eric's encouraging uh, his boys yeah. to make up art. And, uh... If he's got like a ten year, you know, the next ten years planned out, it might take a few years before we see the beasts. Yeah. Um, whereas if they, you know, they're not thinking quite that far ahead, then maybe they're like mini waves. You might have a, a wave of like half a dozen figures, including Leodiceus and some supporting characters, and then one with Basilia and supporting characters, who, by the way, has got very large wings in the um, the faction symbol. So that's well, my go. tiny wings yeah. option. Yeah. Um... I'd like to see just a wave of all beasts. That would be wonderful. Well, it's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah. But again, that's... Uh, you know, we're so far down the line now. You know, there, there could be a chance to, to do a wave that's extremely heavy on tooling uh, based on the, the, the sales they have these days. But it would be an investment from them, for sure. But I'd love to see it. I mean, bearing that in mind, though, they, you know, they've now got cosmics that parts can be used in as well as mythics, you know. So, so you know, it's not quite like it was for them where they, you know, they've only got the one line and this that they can use bits in and, and they have to plan out the release and, oh, will this be used here and there? They can go, well, oh, this is a great part. It can be used here, 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 and all over the place, can't it? So yeah, um, that might. But for me, I think that I'd prefer uh, a wave of the beasts than just say one massive big dragon, for example. Yeah, as I'd, much I'd as I, as much as I'd like a dragon um, of a certain size, not too big, no, for my wallet's sake. But uh, I'd much prefer. Uh, say four or five of the great beasts in a kind of a slightly smaller scale. You know, cost-wise, they probably could absorb lots of new tool in there, particularly yeah. if they angle some of the pieces for Cosmic. So that's the plus point of Cosmic, is they could do a couple of really weird large beasts and then use the arms or the legs or something else as part of the Cosmic thing in future. Well, as we've talked about, uh, they, we've now actually do have a lizard body. You'd possibly want it to be a bit bigger for, well, I suppose we have. We've got a, an ogre scale lizard body as well now that could be used towards Basilia. Um, don't know, do we yet? So No. Hopefully, hopefully there. So, anything else uh, to add on the lore at this point? I'm just hoping, and I'm quite hopeful actually, that they'll just expand the lore to cover different parts. So we, we talked about it numerous times, but they've got to u- utilize the North. Yes. Yeah, there's so many bios that mention it. It's such a big part of the map. Um, if something come, you know, like the Game of Thrones sort of thing, you know, you don't know what's behind the wall sort of thing. And it's, you could do giants, you could do yetis, you could do dire wolves. There's all this sort of stuff that you could, you know, really cool fantasy tropes that you could quite easily bring in as just this invading force or a force that's been forced from the north by something even worse. And some more cool fur soft goods. That oh, yes. See Jessam, see him doing some of his work on some fur yeah. goods could be awesome. Yeah, we can imagine if they got like fur wraps for the boots or whatever sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that might push the price of the figures up slightly, but that would yeah, be brilliant. I think it would you put know. some people off, but it would look awesome. Yeah, it would look incredible. And they um, seem to be able to do the, the soft goods, you know, within the price structure anyway. So even if they added a couple of dollars, you know, it's only 39 it's still under $40, and you get all the extra stuff. 
I think, yeah, I think when a lot of these other toy companies have upped their price by quite a lot this year, uh, Horsemen have kept theirs down quite reasonably, haven't they? I think they've gone up by a couple of quid here and there, but yeah. So there's still a lot of room for, you know, accessories and an increase for the more accessories. So, Absolutely, um, yeah, because you've got like Super 7 to put it up, what, $10 a figure? Uh, yeah, you know, was... the horseman did two dollars a figure. Yeah, I mean, we know yeah. all know Super Seven rinse the customers, uh, allegedly. Yeah, well, we know who took the calculator out and calculated it, and who just went back of an envelope and said, "I oh, had yeah, ten sounds like a nice road number." Yeah, exactly. That it's, it feels like, doesn't it? You know, so... I need another holiday home in the Caribbean. Ten will do. And, and in a, in that, I'd argue the work the horsemen have been doing, and the quality of the figures, and the quality of the soft goods, has gone up. I can't say the same yeah. about a lot of these other companies. Mm. Um, yeah. To be fair to Hasbro, maybe some of like G.I. Joe, they've started doing pinless joints and the quality of the sculpts have gone up a bit, but Super 7, I'm not seeing them get better. They're, they've always been decent, but they've not gotten better with their price increase. So, Yeah, I think it's to do with the relationship they have with their suppliers, their, their factories, I suppose we'd call them. But yeah, and I think they have more than one now. Um, and they've definitely found a way to get a certain level of quality that we now all expect, um, and at a price that uh, is 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 not too shocking. And and is you know there is no point where the price is jumping to such a degree that uh, it feels like uh, this is unsustainable now to collect. You know. Yeah, definitely. Something else I'd like to see in the future, law as well, is um. I don't think they'll do it, but I'd like to see it would be focusing on some of the some of the beings and creatures that inhabit the Shadowlands. So you've got the let's so say the, the Silver Spine, you've got the vampires, they're the dominant species, but it talks about Lithia's brood being like um eaters of flesh. So does that open it up for werewolves? I mean Eric said he wants to do werewolves, so does yeah. that could that bring them in that way? Could Correct. you have some sort of like I don't know weird goblin type size creatures that live in those lands sort of thing that the vampires don't eat because there's not enough blood in them or they use them as slaves or whatever sort of thing and it's just fleshing out the shadowlands a bit more would be brilliant for me yeah uh, i think we'd be down for that i made a couple of notes we don't have to go into too much detail maybe just sort of like Ooh. um so as i say i said Eartho 2.0 really hints that there could be conflict in the future um Seems to be multiple goblin armies because uh, King Noglin is the overall leader, but Gonks and Thump were both commanders of armies and under Noglin's rule. So there's points of tension there. Yeah. Um, still a mystery around who Gorgo is. Yeah, I like that. Who's, yeah. So will that ever be revealed? I um, don't want them to ever reveal that. There's a mystery about where my Gorgo is as well, but we need to go into that. <laughs> Oh, I know where mine is. It's in the warehouse. They're just not going to send it out for a while. Sorry, don't let me uh, interrupt you and Julie there, Malcolm. Come on. You're bringing us good stuff here. He's dyslexic and and, and uh, drunk too much wine and ended up in the warehouse. Um, <laughs> That's so sudden. Work that one out. <laughs> um, yeah, Juno. Juno, I think there's a... She's an angry lady. There's... There's a thing in storytelling, the redemption arc of a character, and she's the perfect character to have this redemption arc. 
because she turned her back on someone who was just trying to help her, blamed him for everything, despite, you know, could she be the one who it, it, it turns the tide of uh, the dark times by turning her back on Gorgo Etherblade? Who knows? Yeah. Um, be cool to get more angels. We've only got Gadriel, and uh, she's awesome, and I haven't got her, and I'd love her, but I'd love other angels too. Yeah, when when I was going through the bios, I, I completely forgot that there was a they talk about the city. Is it Cirrus? Cirrus, yeah. The city in city in the sky and that sort of thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, that opens up huge avenues for for different cool things. Um, maybe that's where the four beasts return from. Maybe they will be set up there. Oh, maybe. Yeah. drinking oh, wine, yeah. chilling, eating lots of cheese, enjoying the, yeah. and then they and then they come back to then deal with what's happening on Mythos. Getting lazy because they think they've won. Yeah. Um, oh. An ogre scale lion with a belly, like Thor out of there. Because he's just cool. he's been relaxing for too long. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Um, <laughs> so Galaron, we could get a 2.0 because it was mentioned that uh, they tend to, they want to save the 2.0s for the important characters in the lore. And so Galaron. Yeah. He's important. He's an important character. I'm, I'm expecting him to be in the All-Stars mode. And get I'd love to see an unmasked, extremely pompous Sir Galloran face. Um, I've gone Vikenfell and I've touched on that and the fact that that's mentioned a couple of times. The Harvest Court is uh, Lord Bardrick's uh, people. That's quite more people from that. More, more from that, uh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, Lord Dragool, his own band of brigands. I think that's it. Yeah, uh, again, Freya, uh, her own band of warriors, some more of them from the north, perhaps. Yeah. Again, he keeps going back to North, doesn't it? The Dragool thing as well. You know, you could have not pirate brigands, but that sort of real mismatch of of bits. Or you could do a couple of them, say, in the Suns this time, presuming the Suns comes out uh, as a faction this year. You could say, oh, and a couple of them came from the North, and their cousin works for Dragool or whatever sort of thing, and then that sets up then that sort of sub-faction happening in the future. And, and something else I made the note of is it actually says in the bio, Scapula is part of Necronominus's army. He just loans himself out to the highest bidder. So he's uh-huh. actually part of the armies of Necronominus, but the leader of Sons of the Red Star as well. So, yeah. Do I mean... No, Scap. Yeah, Scap. No, who's the son? Who's the lead? I'm getting the wrong. Yeah, Scapula. Yeah. Scapula yeah. is Scapula. the leader of the. I think there's the a. Pre- I think there's a pretty decent chance that we're going to get a Scapula 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this year, so that that could be his chance to break away and just go. Yeah, do you know what? I'm making a fortune here. Yeah. Hire, you know, being hired to assassinate people. They're all just big capitalists, aren't they? The, they are basically the, yeah. of the Red Star. Yeah. Okay, I've changed. I've, I've misread it. It says he's born into the congregation, but because of his money and his. Well, he's greed to that. He just uh, loans himself out. But it never says he's left the congregation. It just says he he just paid work. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. This is a gun for her. I think Ravena, uh, Rich's favourite, uh, oh. her bio <laughs> is, is credible. The only survivor of an attack on her small village by Vorgus Vermilius. Yes. Ravena was taken as a young child by the awful order of Vitoron and trained as a cleric and now she has a vengeance quest against the blood armor uh, and she can use any sort of controversial means and relics to beat it so that's her mission is basically to beat the blood armor so 
Okay, that, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that's a very cool buyer. Yeah, yeah. so that's... You need a 2.0 figure, though, because the first one... <laughs> <laughs> She'll have to do it lying down, is that what you're saying? <laughs> because her ankles won't hold her up. <laughs> yeah, maybe if she's you know, got in a swimming pose, maybe she's taking him on in the ocean. She's just kneeling down to stand, pray uh, with yeah. relics. Uh, but they do like she... their badass clerics, don't they? Because Faustia, in her bio, she's a cleric, but has battle magic. Yeah. yeah. So I think Eric likes his, his you know, battle-hardened cleric. So that that would be a good little fac- sub-faction or group of characters, absolutely. So. Yeah. Okay, so I think we will definitely re- revisit this topic when uh, the book that uh, Jeremy has talked about a few times is out. And if you don't know much about the book, um, have a look on the Mythic Customs channel on YouTube. There's an episode from a couple of months ago where uh, Jeremy talks about the book and he reads extracts from the book uh, that he's currently developing with Eric Treadway on the lore. Um, and uh, you can also check the sourcehorseman.com for uh, lots of the lore and also uh, for future updates on this book and how we may get it. And uh, in an ideal world, I'd love if there was copies available at Legion's Con. I, I don't know how realistic or other that is. And I don't mind either way, but uh, it would be amazing if it was possible to get it this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about that book. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've just, I've just realised as well, uh, John. Just take us back a step when you're talking about a beast faction or beast army. The um, Zylona's flock. They talk about the beast guard. Oh, they do. Yeah, being on the perimeter. So you've got silverhorn sentries, and within that, you've got the palace guards, but you've got a beast guard. So. That would set him up perfectly for that sort of thing. And Asterion is actually the head of the sentry, the Silverhorn yes. sentry. So he's yeah. a beast. Well, he's kind of a beast. So there's definitely lots of beasts. Beasts, you do Eric. There. Beasts, beasts, beasts. <laughs> Not just beast man, beasts. Well, beast men would be good as well. Yeah, of, yeah. Course, of course, of course. Anthropomorphic, just beasts, beasts, under under sea beasts, under sea beasts, lizard men. Okay, so we love this topic. Um, definitely drop any comments you have on our Facebook page, Instagram page, about the lore, uh, what you've learned from this uh, little discussion we've had on the lore, and maybe what lore you'd like us to go even yes. deeper on. Which I was going to say, if anyone is, I, I did think we should say, if anyone is listening, we do have a Facebook page. Please, yes. please feel free to go along and like it. It's... Yeah, we we don't uh, we don't completely spam you from it. We we yeah. post updates from our episodes. Um, we post uh, stuff that we like and uh, the odd bit of promo from for ourselves. Of course, it's our page, but uh, it's a it's a nice civilized page. Um, it won't. Uh, completely jam up your feed and over on Instagram then we share a lot of uh, stuff we see on our story from the community so if you have um, stuff you want us to share um, tag us in it follow us on uh, um, Instagram we'll follow you back that's the Euroallegiance podcast on Instagram you'll find us there Um, Instagram is a very uh, supportive and friendly community for this kind of stuff so uh, give us a follow over there. Especially. I was going to say, yeah, Rich. I was going to say, hit us up with any questions too. 
Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. You know, yep. Although this isn't a live show with questions, you know, ask us questions. Absolutely, we can cover them. More. Yeah, we love the community interaction. I dropped a, a thank you in our Facebook page this evening and asked if anyone had uh, questions or topics we'd like to cover or people we'd like, to in, they'd like us to interview. So ah, great. Uh, be great to see what the feedback is on there. Um, come on over. So to wrap up this week, then we should maybe go through a little bit of uh, news and uh, finish with some shout outs. I think the first news we have is Cosmic pre-orders closing this weekend. So this will drop on the Friday morning and Cosmic is closing on the 30th, which is a Sunday. Yeah, get in there. And for for any uh, UK based listeners listening to us, um, if you order three of the $37 figures uh, direct from Four Horsemen, that and shipping comes into less than £135, which means no import duty. There you go. Just mention Top tip from the rich. That's interesting. Yeah, because uh, they rely on the, the sellers collecting it and 99% of sellers don't collect it. So, yeah, no import duty. So. Very good. So you can as do, as you try and add, do two as as orders. Yes. Although the only problem is when you try and add one of the deluxe figures in it, boosts uh, it boosts it up. If you want the standard $37 ones, that's, uh, do a couple of three orders of three. That's absolutely yeah. the way And to then do. in the UK, you've got Emporium of Cool, of course, which will yeah, come into yes. May the 1st. Uh, the, you'll start to see them. That's it. Um, they will open up their pre-orders, no doubt. Yeah, yeah they sold out of them. Um, speaking of Emporium of Cool, who are brilliant, their packaging, the way they wrap things up, I cannot yes. speak highly enough. That. It's, it's brilliant. Agreed. It's a challenge to get to the figures. So yeah. probably like <laughs> but that's great. Um, yeah. They sold out a new band the other day, the Sons of Guns. Ah. <laughs> I, I, I got one. I got one on eBay, um, and then I was going to get another two or three before Legion's Con just to do some customs, and they'd sold out. So you can see what how popular those that yeah. there's only guard which I bought the last three. There's so many before. great customs with Duban being posted in the yeah. community, and this is what's uh, making people go out and buy them. Yes, uh, we are the best marketers for the line, the community itself. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and then look out for. Uh, I'll just give a few shout-outs to uh, in within the EU. You got uh, Space Figure in, in Germany. You got Figure in, uh, and Lager. That's uh, .de. That's another German website. That's Marcus Altman. He's a really nice guy. Uh, really good customer service from him. He, if, he, if he's connected to you on Facebook, he'll drop you a Facebook messenger to tell you your order is uh, about to go, oh, wow. even before you get the email. So that's a top-level service from Marcus. Um, so there's two I would really recommend. Um, and then also in the Netherlands, you have 8080 Toys. Um, look them up. Uh, on Google, you'll find them. Um, they offer great service as well. I saw that they threw in a free figure to one of their customers last week who bought a, an awful lot of stuff from them. Oh, wow. So, um, oh, wow. This is how to get repeat customers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the way. Okay. Uh, brilliant. So that's uh, that's Cosmic closing up. Um, tactics figures... Uh, yeah, next. Let's get uh, past that quick, job. Quick. Yeah, I mean, if you order from Big Bad yesterday, you'll get them before I did ordering three years ago. And uh, uh, it's, it's a frustrating situation. I, uh, there's no point in throwing the toys out of the pram at this stage. Um, but as I said before, I'd be happy to get these figures, move along. Um, yeah, that's about it on that one for me. 
Um, as we chatted about at the start, um, we've got Armies of Ashmore from the Defenders of Eden comic, uh, created by Matthew Rodriguez and his company Ideas from Mars. Um, it's already how much funded? It was over 50% the first day. Let me have a quick check for what it is now. Yeah. So Matthew's already knocking it out of the park there uh, with his five wonderful uh, dinosaur characters. Rich is all in. Mal is all in. I've uh, backed one of the figures. I'm very tight yeah, on a- being a mythics only these days, but uh, I'll stretch it out for people I like. God, I wish I was tight on being a mythics only. I I'm uh, mostly I mostly am, but these are these are yeah, captured my yeah. imagination. He's, for sure. he's, he's hit almost sixty thousand like? of the hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. He's hit almost sixty thousand of the hundred and ten goal already, yeah, which is I amazing. Think, uh, after if we know how Kickstarters go. I think that's a key metric is to get over your fifty fairly quickly, that you'll get there. So he has stretch goals. I think it's a one twenty five. Is is his first one? Is it or? 150. It was 115, I think. That was weapons pack at 115, yeah. And and then he has this uh, albino character. Yeah, which that's uh, 150. Yeah. 150. Yeah. Uh, and then he's talking about more stretch goals, uh, given he, I'm not sure he expected uh, such a good start, um, which is always, uh, as a creator, I'm sure it's always a nerve-wracking time. Yeah. You don't know if and it's it, going to be tumbleweed on the first day and then all your hard work has gone down. And his top stretch goal is 200,000 for the Wave Walker, which oh. is a, a brand new figure. Oh, that's um, that uh, art that was on yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it of, again now, it just looks amazing. Yeah, sort of <laughs> reptilian, amphibious. Uh, yeah. with It almost looks like it's got a... It's like a little jet pack to propel it through the water or something yeah. like that. The tail's got that sort of newt look to it, so it's got yeah. the, the main bit and then the, the sort of fins or whatever it's called on the outside. It looks brilliant. Wonderful. Yeah. And he's talked about doing extra things as well. Um, yes. He said posted something earlier saying that he's going to look at other stretch goals they can do as well. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's always, you're always focused on getting it over the first line, and especially when you're a small company. So uh, he has a lot of time now to... Uh, think about your stretch goals uh, but every stretch yeah, sure. goal is making a bigger problem down the line so you know don't go too crazy matthew you know keep it achievable yeah, keep it manageable yeah and just, just remember you've things. done an awful lot of hard work uh, so far but this is only the start <laughs> exactly yeah exactly but uh, best of luck we'll we, i think we will uh, mention it every uh, show now until uh, <laughs> until it closes uh, which is in 40 days time 40 yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, good luck to Matt, and uh, we'll keep you posted on how it's going. Uh, I'm sure you're all interested, and hopefully lots of you are in on it. What else have we got here? A couple um, of quick shout-outs that I've seen. So Mark Calvo, uh, a Spanish member of uh, a Mythic family, um, is doing some faceplate inserts for the Xylonian Guard helmets. Um, he's showed four different ones so far. There's a skeleton... Uh, and three humans, one with a bandaged face, which is just out of this world. Um, and he's doing a fifth one tomorrow, which he hinted maybe female. Um, and then they're going to be available soon as well. Mark prints them himself, but he sells painted. He's a really good painter and unpainted version. So that's that's definitely something to be excited about. Yeah, definitely. Hook, uh, hook yourself up with Mark on Facebook. Um, you can drop him a messenger and, and 
I think he should be able to do your deal there. I was just going to say, Noble Bear Shop's uh, open again as well, uh, Anthony Velez. Uh, he's um, fully open now, is he? He's not yeah, just... Uh... Yeah. He's properly open, and he's got some more cool cosmic heads uh, up for sale. For... Yeah, when I saw those heads, I was like, Mal's going to be all over this. <laughs> I might be more spending for this month. <laughs> all over it like a rash. Yeah. Wolf King Customs also has um, free... It's American shipping only, but if you've got somebody in America, you can, you can send them to and forward them on. He's got free shipping for the next two or three days. Um, if you go onto the Malignancy, which is the Goblin subgroup uh, on Facebook, the code's in there. I can't remember what the code is off the top of my head, but the code's in there. And damn you, Len, because I wasn't going to get anything for a while, but with the free shipping, I'm easily tempted. I got the little bitey head, and it is so good. <laughs> it's fantastic. I recommend it. It look, looks incredible. I'm tempted by the Ogre Scale one. I said, uh, yeah, I said last week, yeah. if, if uh, or whenever it was, that that was tempting, although I don't know if I'd have used it, but uh, yeah, it's just a great head. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, don't forget the really big news now as well, John. Which is? Which is that uh, I will be on Thomas Rydberg's show oh, yes. on oh, Facebook there you go. on Friday. Uh, John's right. done his one already. Mal's lined up for the future. Um, so it's my turn to represent the Eurolegions podcast on this one, where we discuss uh, my favourite Mythic Legions figure and just the community in general. Um, Thomas' show is a really good one. Um, if you get a chance yes, to watch, to listening, yeah, watch it's really, it, please really good. Yeah, it's a uh, late on Friday. It's Friday evening, early evening. It is. So it's it's five pm Eastern Standard Time in the states. So it's ten pm UK time. Although he keeps getting, he's gotten both you guys on for Fridays. I'm out drinking, so I will drop in to say hello. But <laughs> I'll be drunk. Spot <laughs> doesn't have children, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friday yeah, night is the same as any Friday. other night for me these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be back Friday night. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. Um, anyone pick up anything cool in the last while before I do my shout-outs? I. I had a surprise delivery. Oh, I was going to say a surprise delivery today. It wasn't today. It was delivered at some point in the last week. But my beeping, beeping, useless postman decided to put it into my recycling box. Um, <laughs> so I only, so I only found it when I went to do the recycling this morning and lifted you nearly the top recycled box up it. And it was like, what the, what the hell is that? And it was a package of six custom figures from Andy Spinks. Um, oh, my God. oh wow. that would have been so an expensive a really, recycling. A really quite high value. Uh, yeah. Box. yeah. <laughs> Um, which they just dumped in a recycling box and hadn't put cards. So those those were the ones you got off. Uh, he was displaying a toy lanta. Is that it? He was, and he, he put pick somebody. It wasn't him. It was somebody else put a picture up of his table. Um, so I cheekily messaged him and went, "I don't suppose you sell any of those, you know, online as well, would you sort of thing?" Because I bought from Andy before, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want?" So six figures and a head later. Um, <laughs> Probably his I was best bankrupt. Customer. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. So they're, they're, they're amazing. So there's um. Yeah, I'll talk about them in a future episode. But yeah. there's some really, there's a there's a uh, like an one I'm going to use as an ocean elf. Um, there's a uh, a priest one I'm going to use as a priest of Necronominus and that sort of thing. So just some brilliant figures. And he's always really reasonable with his prices too. He doesn't go crazy with what he charges for custom figures. I mean, don't tell him, but he should probably charge more. But I'm glad he didn't. So excellent. Uh, if if he's happy with what he gets and you're happy with what you pay, I think that's the perfect uh, combination. Yeah. And Mal, what have you got? Yeah, um, I, I actually, uh, one of the things I did pick up uh, that isn't Legions, I, 
the Hasbro Indiana Jones figure, which just just indie. Oh, yeah. I don't cool. need anyone else. Um, and it's actually really good. How do you display him? Um, kind of like this. No, um, he's... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's just stood there. I've just got him at the moment. He sat on my desk waiting for me to clear some space to get him in the. Uh, do you have an indie display, or, or nah, is it just nah. a random figures shelf? Or well, I think after speaking to Emil, I need to, I need to get a little random, lots of different things because yeah. I do have the odd figure that. that doesn't fit with anything else. So, um, but yeah, I've got to say, highly recommend that the Indiana Jones figure. The uh, it's the uh, it's the same one that comes with the Temple of Doom display that they've just announced, which annoyed me because I'd probably have paid the extra and got that. And what era of indie is it? it? Temple of Doom. It's Temple the of Doom. It's yeah, the yeah. He's wearing it. You know, he's he comes with his whip, his little bag, and his gun, his little p- pistol. Um, but they've announced indies from all the films now, haven't they? The other day yeah. they did um did a, a drop uh, not a dropper announcement sort of thing. So you got like uh, Raiders of Lost Ark indie, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. Yeah. Well, they, they've actually, there's another one they've called the Temple of Doom Indie, and it's the one where he's, you know, it's like that chase sequence after it where he's got the arm, the sleeve ripped off his arm and all that, but I'm not oh, yeah, yeah. about that. I just wanted the, that classic, you know, his leather jacket, yeah. his cap and his hat and that, I just wanted that. And I'm good I've resisted that. so far, but I have to admit, if they release the Cairo Swordsman figure as well, then I'll have to get an indie one, just have him in the pose of him just shooting him as he pulls his sword out. Well, they've done the Cairo indie. They just haven't done yes. the swordsman. Yeah, yeah. If they do the swordsman, I'm yeah, I'm all over that. I'm, I won't. I'll resist the whole line, but that particular scene. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so, yeah. so iconic. And then bizarrely, considering they're only announced like less than a month ago, um, they turned up a couple of weeks ago, as did indie. Um, three of the more recent Motu Origins figures have shown up. So that's Young King Randor, Snake Trooper, and Slammerai. Um, it's also had snake, snake Tealer in the way, but I'm not too fussed by her. Um, my Snake Trooper, I didn't notice him before I opened the packet. Only half of his horde symbol on his chest is painted, though, so I need to get If I'd noticed, I'd have kept him in package, because I know, you know, that, that uh, it looks quite cool when you've got a misprint or something. Yeah. You need to kind of keep him boxed. Um, but yeah, I need another one now that's fully painted. <laughs> Do you think, it, are they easy enough to pick up? I think it's one of those where they've released a bunch and then it's going to be a bit of a wait and there'll be another release again because he seems to be pre-order everywhere again now or out of stock. Okay, but he's not a Mattel Creations one? No, no, no. Okay. He should be general release. Okay, um, good. Um, and then, yeah, I bought more custom parts from various people that to add to the pile. <laughs> so... All very, real. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of custom parts, John, did you get anything from Seba? The the animal head yeah. sale. Yeah, I got most of them. Yeah. But I didn't get the <laughs> ogre scale ones, no. I I prefer the six inch scale. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got I didn't get all of them, but I got a fair few. Yeah. Yeah, I was I'm really looking forward to them. Really looking forward to them. Yeah, so what did I get? I got the Mancoon, the Rhino, the Hippo, the Elephant, the Walrus, and the Mammoth. Okay, yeah. I got two of the Mancoon because I have a have a half Mancoon cat, so I want to I want to do one for him, uh, like him, 
and then I'll I'll do another one up that might sell at our table in Eugene's Con, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got the the rhino, the hippo, the walrus, uh, both Doberman sculpts, uh, the bison, and, and a couple of other ones. I went a bit crazy. And then obviously on my spreadsheet, I've now got listed what characters they're going to be, what parts I'm going to Brilliant. use. I've <laughs> yeah, lined up a couple of that. 3D torsos that I want to use with particular ones and that sort of thing. Oh, I've got the small bear too, because I'm going to turn that into a panda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Panda and I've got, and I've got, the, I've got like the short range hand weapons for him too. So it's not quite Kung Fu Panda, but it's Oriental inspired weapons that he's going to be using. So yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Okay, so I do my shout outs. Yeah, go this, for it. I mean, this isn't just me shouting out. This is me shouting out on behalf of all three of us yep. uh, for a lot of the stuff that we've got recently. So first three prop masters. So I ordered some rich heads of prop masters. Zimo sent me a message and said, I'll double your order of the rich heads. Uh, do what you like with them. Give them out for free freebies from the podcast. Paint them up. Give them away. Keep them, whatever. So I'm going to paint them up and in the future give them away as prizes for the podcast or at Legion's Con, but some sort of a promotional thing. So Zimo and Edu, their prop master, top, top men. Uh, fair play. Um we had some really nice messages from the guys behind the Offworld podcast and Shooting the Shelf. Uh, that's uh, Sean Skavarna, Jesse Arnold, Curtis uh, Ackerman. And they sent some really nice DMs about the show and just chat back and forward about the different shows. We like their shows. They like ours. So go look at those guys if you're into this kind of stuff. Is uh, Matthew Dooch part of that as well? Matt as well, yeah. yeah. I didn't hear from Matt, but uh, yeah. Oh, screw then if you ever heard. Yeah, boo, Matt, yeah. boo. <laughs> <laughs> but we like Matt as well, of course. Yeah, well, the dude, he, he doesn't respond to, to Matt anymore, apparently. The Four Horsemen shouted us out on their uh, social media. That's a huge thing for us. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Uh, we sent them our appreciation, but we'd like to say it on the show as well. Um, thanks to Anthony Houseel. Awesome, positive feedback always. Um, he gave us some sneak previews of his uh, dwarf uh, uh, big guy torso, um, which he has subsequently revealed. Uh, I think we'll all be picking that up at some stage and doing some customs with it. We actually talked about that type of torso on the show a couple of shows before, and he was in development of it, and he was shouting at his uh, headphones or his iPhone or whatever he was listening on. <laughs> Say, ah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Um, Mark Calvo, again, always gets super nice feedback from Mark. Uh, we mentioned his uh, his most recent endeavors with the Xylernian Guard, insert heads. Um, keep up the good work, Mark, and keep enjoying our show. He gave us a nice shout-out today, uh, waiting for the next episode, wondering what he's going to listen to while he paints. So if you paint so good, Mark, we, we, will, we will have to supply you with some listening material. Um, uh, Ralph Mouse on Instagram, uh, DC Moto Nerd, he goes on Instagram, always uh, sharing our stuff, liking our stuff, commenting. Very sporty, um, thank you. Yeah, and he he does some great customs. Uh, I think he's a dwarf guy as well. So he's got um, quite the dwarf army, hasn't he, Ralph? Yeah, he has. Uh, so super super cool guy. Uh, David Bond uh, from Florida, um, always comments on our stuff. Um, always gives us cool feedback, so thanks, Dave. Keep, keep it coming. Um, 
a guy called Jason Horsefall. He commented on the episode that we've become part of his weekly uh, listening routine. So thanks, Jason. Um, very happy to hear that. Um, then some more comments on the page. Nate Strong, Pete McCarthy, always. Uh, we, you you know what we think of you guys. Yeah, uh, Blaze Bear gave us some really nice feedback. Michael Casper uh, going about his weekly routine, listening to us at the weekend. Love it, Michael. We love your show. Last night they had uh, David Williams on. Another awesome. So awesome another guy. awesome fella, yeah, who, who likes our stuff. Um, we also had great comments from Rick Emmert and Kirby Smith. Um, and we had someone called Ghost Depp on Spotify give us some nicer, nice feedback. So I don't know who that is, but uh, they know who they are. Cool name. Um, yeah, thank you, that person. And then quickly to iTunes. I shouted out for some iTunes reviews. We have five now on hey, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> All five stars. We'd one from Curtis. He says, it's the Andor of Legion's podcast. Want to grab a whiskey and sit in your den listening to smooth Euro voices? Serenade you with four horsemen info, then this is the show for you. It's a slow burn that'll leave you satisfied. <laughs> uh, Sean Scaverna, John, Richard, and Malcolm have become some of my favorite people to hear opinions from about Mythic Legions thanks to this podcast with a laid back conversational feeling that makes you feel like you sat down with them at the local pub to talk toys, if only. This podcast has won me over with their thoughtful insights and warmth. I love podcasts like this. Keep it up, boys. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Um, we got somebody called Par in Tashin 73 so I don't know who this is. We probably know this person's uh, real name, but I can't see it here. A great show. Fantastic to hear some new voices discussing the wonderful world of Mythic Legions. Um, thanks. These guys do a fantastic job. If you're into Mythic Cosmic Legions, give it a listen. Uh, Bill White, who I shouted out before, he was our first iTunes review, so just to read the review, happy to hear some new voices with a slightly different perspective on collecting the various Legions lines, notably more family-friendly than other popular Legions-related podcasts. Very well done, gents. I feel like we're swearing earlier, David, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll beep it out, Richard, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> It'll sound even more sweary then. Um, put, a, put a worse word over it. Yeah. <laughs> I put Manchester United over it. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> then Big Dusty. Uh, fun show. Really nice and very cool guys talking about really nice and very cool toys. So that's what I have screen grabbed from iTunes. If you've maybe left us a review in the meantime, I'll get you in a future episode. Uh, thank you very much for all that wonderful feedback. Yes, we hope it's... for loads more over the next weeks and months. We're going nice to keep doing this um, with a grand, I would say, we can call it a season one crescendo at Legion's Con. And uh, yeah. We're having we're, fun, aren't we, guys? We're, we're having fun, it. yeah. We're yeah, having exactly. great. Yeah. Yeah, I really look forward to this each week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. way past my bedtime and I'm still shy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, <clears throat> long day, hey? yeah, you're not, not trying to end it today, I noticed, John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my wife thought that was hilarious I just, yeah. like, at one point John was basically asleep <laughs> in a good way I, I mean I listened, I listened to it back twice 
uh, once obviously to to edit it and the other time just because i enjoyed listening to it and i'd missed a load of stuff you said because you're always in your own head trying to think what what do i need to contribute next and and where do we need to go etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, no fantastic so uh thanks very much for listening this week um it's good night good afternoon good morning wherever you are thank you stay safe out there